Galatians chapter number six. You know, uh, we've been having a good time studying the book of Galatians, and man, just really pulling out a lot of good things about spiritual maturity. Um, the Lord really desires us to grow in the Lord, and and just like anything else, if it stops growing, it becomes dead. Right? It becomes dead. It becomes of no profit. Uh, Jesus cursed a fig tree. And we saw that fig tree not producing figs, and it wasn't producing green leaves. What did he do? He cursed the fig tree. Came back around, the fig tree was dead. That was all symbolic, by the way. Uh, that's symbolic of who Israel was. They were dead, barren fig trees. They just lost their spiritual fruit. And when Jesus tells us in the book of John chapter 15, I am the vine, you are the branches, he that abideth in me bears much fruit. This is what he was trying to tell them. He was trying to tell them 2,000 years ago, grow in your faith in him. And he's telling us the same thing today. Amen. We live in a, a wonderful opportunity to grow. Uh, sometimes I think it's too good to grow, <laughs> and and, um, and and we forget <laughs> we forget the Lord in the midst of our prosperity. I believe that I believe in the midst of our blessings, we forget the goodness and the and the truths of God. Um, and um, shame on us, right? Uh, think of Adam and Eve and how Adam and Eve were were in the garden and. And they were just there having a good old time with the Lord, and they just forgot the goodness of God, and here comes the tempter. And the tempter came and tempted them, and, and just like that, right? Just like that, they forget the goodness of God. And I think the same is true of you and I. If it was you and, and someone else in the garden, you would have probably fallen as well. <laughs> so I tell people that as well. Don't blame Adam and Eve. If you were Adam or you were Eve, uh, you would have done the same thing, probably. <laughs> you would have fell into sin, and uh, so. But praise God for the the Spirit. Praise God for the coming and indwelling of the Holy Spirit that comforts us. Uh, Galatians chapter number five, which was last week's lesson, we saw that you had to be filled with the Spirit and bear the fruit of the spirit if you remember that if not go online you can listen to that sermon that's online galatians 5 tells us that and to me when i was preparing for galatians chapter 6 which is the very last chapter of this book it made sense to me that god prepares us with galatians 5 in order for you to do galatians 6. amen because you cannot do anything for the Lord, unless you are filled and controlled by the Spirit of God. Right. Say, what are you saying? Look at the Bible with me. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 1. He says, Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest I also be tempted. You know, the rest of this chapter, the next 20, uh, what is it, 18 rather, the next 18 verses is Paul telling the church of Galatia how to be a helper to other believers. And he's really hammering this home, and this is a message for us today, isn't it not? 
if anything, we need to be today are able to be spiritually mature enough to disciple and help someone else to grow in their faith. Amen? Amen. We have too many Christians that are spiritual babies and they're spiritually weak and they're spiritually ignorant and they're spiritually deceived by, by sin that they have become what the Bible says here, taken, overtaken in a vault. Too many people are not being spiritual, but they're being more overtaken by a vault. And uh, so today, I hope that we could at least be get some help from the Bible on how we could prevent this from happening in our lives and that we can help other people as well. God's given us opportunities. I know one thing for sure. God is not short or lack of giving you people to help in your lives. I have seen many people that God has put in my pathway as a young Christian, even to now, that God says, to whom much is given, much is required. To whom much is given, much is required. If you want the goodness of God, God is ready to pour it unto you. But he's also ready to have you to be responsible and a good steward, as we are learning in 1 Corinthians, uh, Brother Bob's class, teaching us that it is required in a steward that we found, what, Brother Bob? Faithful, amen? That we're required to be faithful as stewards of God's work. So, here we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about spiritual restoration. Okay? We're going to talk about spiritual restoration. Um, the Lord is calling us, you know, just like he called the 12 and he called the Paul and he called so many people in the New Testament. And you cannot read your Old Testament and see God's hand on calling people so that he could do his miraculous work. Amen. You see that all through the scripture. So God is calling us today as believers to be spiritual enough to help other people in their deepest and darkest and most needy moments of life. And that is our job is to help restore them back to the Lord and to put Jesus at first place. Amen. And it all goes back to putting Jesus at first place. What do we want to see? We want to see people putting Jesus as preeminence. Give him all the preeminence. Give him first place. Okay? That's what we all want. Amen? We want that for ourselves. And we know we struggle. We fight to, to do that. But we need to be spiritual enough to be doing that. So that we can go and help others as well to do it as well. So how do we do this, Pastor? Well, I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> all right. We do that by listening to the Bible. Amen, first of all. <laughs> it's not, I have nothing, nothing supernatural to give you, my friends, but the word of God. Amen. That's, that's all I pour out to you. So I, I, I hope I can pour out the scriptures to you and help you understand a little bit better of what these scriptures are teaching us so that we could know. So here's how it works, okay? So I've broken up this chapter in two parts, okay? I broke up Galatians chapter 6 in two parts. 
The first part I broke it up is how you see others. Is that simple, right? How are you seeing, viewing, looking with the eyes of God? How are you seeing others? And then the second part are what are the things that you are, the things you need to watch out for, okay? How you see others, number one, things to look at and things to look out for. That's it. Those are the two things we're going to look at. How you see others by how you, what you're looking at and what we need to look out for. Because this is what Paul does. Paul, in this one chapter, is telling them how they need to be looking and, and, and how they ought to be acting. But he also tells them what you need to be watching out for. Okay? Paul says it all in the scriptures about avoiding and watching out for troublemakers and deceivers and, and, and wolves and sheep clothing and all that stuff. God gives you warning. It gives you those signs. So we're just going to tackle this as far as we can go today with our lesson. Okay, the very first one we see is we need to look at with spiritual eyes. Look to be spiritual. The person I will, I will challenge us here today, are you wanting to be spiritual? Are you wanting to be spiritually? Some of you, I hope you know what that means. If not, I'll have to explain it to you. <laughs> okay? What it means to be spiritual means that you are now a new creature in Christ. Amen? The old is past, the new has come. So being spiritual is what we are because God has put his spirit in us. So to be spirit is to be Christ-like. To be Jesus-centered is to be God-centered is to be focused on the things of God. I want to be spiritual. So do we want to be spiritual? Yes. Okay, so look to be spiritual because he goes and he says it in the very first verse, ye which are spiritual. He's talking in this letter to those who already are. Now, they at one time weren't. Because Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians that sometimes they were spiritual babes. And he's not talking about spiritual babes, he's talking about mature people. He uses the analogy, he'll say, you're, you're such a babe in the Lord, all I can do is feed you with spiritual milk. <laughs> and that's all, you, that's all you can take. You got no teeth, you can, you're not grown enough to handle, to take and handle the spiritual meat. And so spiritual meat comes with what? Maturity. It comes with maturity. When you grow and you follow and you obey, then you're spiritually mature, then God can handle it and can give you the spiritual meat of the word of God. So what is he saying here? So he's saying, look to be spiritual. This is a rebirth, spiritual maturity. You're able to feed yourself. That's what I think what he's talking to here. Those Believers, I, 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 I talk to people all the time, and, and I ask people to find out, you want to know if you're spiritual? Can I give you a, a quiz to see if you're spiritual? So, oh, boy, here we go, Pastor. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to flunk this test. I hope you're not going to flunk it. But I'm going to give you a test to see if you're spiritual. And this, I'm going to give you a simple test. Do you soak in the Word of God? On a daily basis, are you taking in scripture 
and you're feeding your soul, you're feeding yourself in your own spirit through prayer and scripture reading on a regular basis. Now, I understand there might be a few days you miss, but you're doing it on a regular basis. You say, yeah, pastor, then you're spiritually mature. Okay? That's it. Is that, I'll, I'll just keep it that simple, okay? Those who are feeding themselves, you don't need to let someone else feed you like a baby will, like a parent and a baby. You're able to feed yourself, okay? So I think this is who he's talking about here. Those who can feed themselves spiritually, you and God, you, you pray, you let him feed, you let him work in your heart, you're obedient to what he says, open up your Bible. The Holy Spirit and you are, are, are in a relationship and you're following his leading. So then you're spiritual. So look to be spiritual. Now the second thing I'll say is this. Look to spiritually restore and help other people. If that's you, you and you pass the first test and you say, yeah, pastor, I, I feed myself. The second question that Paul gives here, he says, you who which are spiritual, restore such a one. Restore such a one. What, what is he saying there? He, he's saying, look for the people that need your help. Look for the people that need your help. Don't be so caught up with just you, right? Don't just be, don't just be so filled with only you that you forget that God has blessed you and gifted you and talented you, all those things you have, where so that you can be a, a blessing to other people. Um, let me give you an example. So if you 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 know I, I have tried and to to play an instrument and 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 I, and Dr. West has been kind enough to try to teach me and and I, I could get okay but I'm not going to be good at it. But there's some people like someone here maybe <laughs> that you might be good at playing an instrument. That's your desire. You might be good singing with your voice. And so what you have to do is to be responsible to say, hey, I want to use my ability to sing, to play. I want to do that for the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's, that's a responsibility. Some of you here, you have the gift of organization. You know how to stay organized. You know how to plan. You know how to plot. You know how to, you know how to keep things at, 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 at just a smooth cell. And that's your gift. God's like saying, use your gift. For the ministry so that things will go better some of you might have the gift of pastor teacher right and god's calling you and says hey i'm calling you into the ministry i want you to be full-time christian sir i want you to serve i want I, I gave you the gift to preach to teach to admonish to share the word of god but but if we're not using those gifts right then what are we doing we're just wasting them just wasting them. It's just a waste, just a waste, just a waste. It's not, it's not doing what God calls. So, so restoration though. So what is spiritual restoration? It's to help others. That word restore simple means this, to make something new. Say, so I want to restore. I want to make, God says, I, if you want to serve me, help make others new. So how do I do that? How do I help to make other people new? Is getting them to start fresh. You ever talked about a fresh start or a new start? 
Man, I got another start. I got a fresh start. I got a new beginning. I got a second chance. That's all that means. Give them a new fresh start. God saying, look, they have been overtaken. Something had happened. Some sin came into their life. And praise God, he forgives our sins. Amen? Praise God, he's full of grace and full of mercy. And God is wanting us to look out for that person. So build to win someone to the Lord. One of the greatest joys that you're going to have in your life is helping someone else know Jesus and follow Jesus. That's one of the greatest joys that you're going to have. So that was number two. So look to be a spiritual restorer in your ministry. So you said, well, I want to be that. I want to be a spiritual restorer. Then he tells you something to watch out for in the next, in that same verse. He says, restore such a one in the spirit of what? Meekness. We need to watch out for spiritual pride. <laughs> Spiritual pride knows how to creep on in, doesn't it not? The pride, the pride, the pride knows how to keep creep on into our lives. He tells us to do it in the spirit of meekness. You know, you know, you know what meekness is? We heard it in chapter five of Galatians, is what the fruit of the spirit is. Galatians 5:22. So what is he saying here? Do it in the spirit of meekness. He's saying you need to do it in the power of the spirit do it in the power of the spirit don't do it in your strength don't do it where it's, it's all of you do it where you're trusting and relying god to do something with it it's, it's giving your is that young man that jesus the parable uh the story not parable the true story of that young man who went out to go follow jesus and jesus out there preaching doing a good job, he, and he's preaching, and people are getting saved, people are turning to God, and it's getting dark, and it's getting late. People are starting to get hungry. There was not enough food to, fill, to feed the thousands. So what happened? Here comes this little lad, and he says, Lord, here goes my five loaves and two fishes, Lord. He goes, Lord, I don't know how you're going to use it, but God, here it is. I give it to you. I give what I have, and I give it to you. And Jesus took what the little lad had and he multiplied it. Just trusting God. Just trusting God. Just saying, God, I give it to you. I'm surrendering what I have to you. That's what we need to do in meekness. It's not that you have to do everything perfectly, because you're not. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, worry about how it's going to work out, because you don't know. But it does mean that you have to do it in meekness. And you have to be willing to do it. Be willing to do it. Okay? Don't hold back. Don't, don't be afraid to do what God calls you to do. All right, let's look at the next one. The next one's in your paper there. Look to be a spiritual bearer. Bearing. Look at that, that same verse. He says, consider thyself that us to also be tempted. Verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, um, that word bear, Jesus uses that same word in Luke chapter 14, verse 27. You know, when Jesus used it, it was, a, it was, he was telling them to do something. You know, let's just turn there. I want you to see it for yourself. You know what I'm talking I think once you know what I 
the verses, you're know you're gonna know clearly what when Jesus said it and what he meant by it. But when it said bear, I remember, I remember the first time I heard bear, I'm like, what does that mean to bear? To carry, to to help. What does that mean? What Jesus uses is in Luke chapter 14, verse number 27. And and you tell me, what do you think Jesus meant when he used the word the word bear? Okay, here we go. Luke 14. Verse 27, he said, And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Wow. Jesus challenged them. He said, look, you want to follow me? What he said, he goes, look, he goes, the foxes have holes. The birds have nests. The Son of Man have not where to lay his head. <laughs> he goes, you still want to follow me? And he goes, all right, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to follow me. And he even went a step further, and he gave them the parable of the seed and the sower. And he goes, look, if you're going to follow me, you've got to have a ground, a heart of good ground, not stony ground, not rocky ground, not by the wayside. you got to have a good ground. And he explained that to him in that parable. Because if you do not let your heart, if you don't bear that cross and pick it up and carry it, what's happened? The Bible says what happens to those other souls when the seed fell and it fell upon storming the cares of the world, it. the riches, it. Uh, there was no depth, they didn't grow, it, it just kind of sprouted a little bit and then it went away. The one that fell on the wayside, there comes the birds, the devil came and snatched it out. And he's, he's giving us a picture of what it really means to bear. That means to carry, to come. How often do you got to bear your cross? Every day. You don't, you don't, there's not a day go by, you don't have to carry your cross. You got to carry that cross every day. So when he tells us, go back to Galatians now, when he tells us in Galatians here, he goes, now, just like you got to bear that cross, I want you to bear one another's burdens. What, what comes to your mind when, when, when I say bear one another's burdens? The one who helped Jesus carry his cross. Wow, that's good. That's good. How, how, how coming alongside of Jesus carried his cross. Means, it means it, it means it's going to take what sacrifice. It means it's going to take work. It means it's going to take dying to yourself. One of my favorite scriptures, another favorite scripture that I told Solomon Joseph, Matthew six is one of them. But in Matthew, I'm sorry, Philippians chapter two, where, where, where the Lord tells us, where Paul tells us to esteem one another more. Than ourselves. Man. The bear to esteem, to lift them up. Amen. You know, um, can I be honest? I didn't really fully understood how that really was. I mean, I can say I knew how it was, but when I got when you get married, you gotta say, hey, it's not just about me anymore. When you have children, it's not just about me anymore. Do you care for your family? I learned that. I was like, man, that, that's deep. I know what it means now to bear 
of burdens. Not just thinking about my burdens anymore. Thinking about other people's burdens. So look to be a spiritual bearer. Look at the next one there. Look to be spiritually responsible. You know, uh, Paul says in this passage right here in the next scripture there, verse number four and five, he says, but let every man prove his own work. Then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in one another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Wait a second. Didn't he just say, I ought to help you bury your burden? But guess what? Is it just, is it your responsibility alone to help that other person to grow in their faith? Get back right with the Lord? They, the Bible says they had to prove themselves. And I like that. Prove his own work. You know what it means to prove? It means to test. To test. To put something to the test. Um, I'm glad that they put car parts to the test. Because you'd be driving on the freeway if something falls off. Uh-oh. Sorry. <laughs> we didn't test that steering wheel correctly. It turns to the left when it's supposed to turn to the right. right? I'm sure glad they test the equipment, the sensors, the power, all the wires. All that stuff is put to the test. Why? So when you put your life in a vehicle to get in the vehicle, it's going to do its job. You know that word prove is the same word and also in the in in, in uh, where is it here in Luke 14 19 when Jesus called he called them to follow him he called people to follow him and this one man said hey I need to go back home I got some some new animals oxes and and I got a new horse I got a new cattle I got a new ox I need to prove them I can't follow you right now Lord I got to go prove my animals what is he saying there. I gotta go see if these animals are gonna are good or bad. <laughs> I gotta see if this animal is gonna is he a is he a what do you call that a, a morning glory? Of <laughs> course, does good in the morning, but when it gets dark, they're just lazy and tired and want to do anything. It, what kind of animal is this? And so, what the Lord tells us here in this passage of scripture is prove. Let every man prove his own work. What is he saying there? He's saying, look, you need to ask yourself a few questions. Is what you're doing getting the job done? Okay? Now, this is not the spiritual person. This is how you help the first someone else. You go and you ask the other person that you're trying to help, and you tell them, hey, is what you're doing, is that helping? Is it getting any results? Are you happy with where you are with the Lord? Prove. You got to prove it. it is, is it passing the test? And they're going to be like, no, no. You just to wake up and say, man, okay, well, I need to make some changes in my life. Change what I'm doing. I need to prove. So that's personal, spiritual responsibility. We all have responsibility. And in order for you to help someone else, to get right with the Lord, you need to make sure you're proving what you're doing with the Lord. Amen? You need to make sure that what, how you're walking and how you are living for God is passing the test. And he goes on and he says, bear their, and everyone needs to bear their own burdens. In other words, I come alongside of you, but I'm not going to just carry the cross for you. I'm going to help you carry your cross with you. 
That's what we're called to do. That's how we help each other, okay? So what, what are we talking about here? We're talking about spiritual restoration. Paul is trying to get the body of Christ walking healthy. This is a healthy church. This is a church that, that God wants to use, but spiritual influence attacks comes in. You know, um, you know, the more you do for the Lord, the more the more attacks come. You know that, right? right. You, you know, the more you step up for Jesus, the more attacks are going to come from Satan. You know that, right? It just comes. And they're going to come, and he's going to come, and you and I need to be ready for his attacks. And we need to not be ignorant of the devil's devices, right? We need to know what he's doing and how he's going to do it. So, so be responsible. Be, now when he say be responsible, look at the next verse in verse number six. He says, be accountable. There needs to be spiritual accountability. He goes, let him that is taught in the word, right? This is the person who learns. Let him communicate. That word communicate means to share. Communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. So he's saying that if, if the Lord is bringing somebody to your life and, you, and you're getting help to be restored, then you need to be sharing and communicating and being accountable. Be honest, is what he's saying. Don't be lying. Don't be a liar. Be an honest person. You, if, if something is hard with, for you, tell somebody it's hard for you. Say, well, well I can't tell my pastor. He's going to know. <laughs> he probably already knows anyways. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's, someone knows. There's nothing new under the sun, is there? Nothing new under the sun. Everybody's struggling with something until you get help with it. And then when you get help with it, because you're held accountable, right? You're accountable for what you want. You're, you're wanting to. This is what he says. He says, let him, let the person who is being helped be accountable to the person who is helping him. Spiritual accountability. And so that's our step. That's one of the steps, okay, of, of, of getting help. You know, go to Philippians 4. I'll put that in the notes here. Philippians 4, verse 15. Um, trying to remember what exactly this verse said. I can't remember it, so I'm going to turn to it so I can read it. It says, Thou ye Philippians know also that in, in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed... From Macedonia, no church communicated. That's where it was. There's that same word, communicate. No one shared. No one helped. No one tried to work with me as according to giving and receiving, but ye only. What was Paul saying? Paul said, man, I had a partner in the ministry, and it was the Philippian church. They were the people that helped me in the ministry. You think Paul was grateful and thankful for this? Oh, yes. You think that made a difference in his walk with the Lord and encouraged his heart? Yes. Was Paul human? Yes. You think he was thankful for that? Yes. 
And so, so Paul even says himself, he goes, you are the only people at that time who communicated and shared and walked and felt how I felt and helped me. Thank you very much. You know, um, I know that sometimes helping people, you don't always see how the results are turning out. We gotta trust God that if we do good, God will use it for good. We gotta give, we gotta believe that, okay? We gotta believe that God, if God tells you to do something and He's leading you and He's confirming that in your heart, do the good that God has called you to do. All right, let's keep going. So now it was their spiritual responsibility in restoration. Now it is their spiritual accountability in restoration. He goes and he says. And I always looked at this verse in a negative way. You know that? And it is negative, by the way. But it's also in a positive way, because what we need to look for is spiritual fruit. I'll be able to walk and see spiritual fruit is popping out of you. <laughs> I'll see all kind of goodness popping out. Bloop, 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 bloop. It's like, man, look at that. You ever, you ever see? We, we, live in, we live in the city. And, I, and you don't get to see too many spiritual trees or fruit trees, do you? We don't. I got a lime tree in my front of my house. We plant a pear tree. We plant a banana tree. But it was like one or two. When I went to uh, Florida, I saw tons of orange trees in Florida. I saw them everywhere. And, and brother, it looked good. It looked good. I was Look at all the oranges. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, just look at a few of them, right? And uh, but it's, it's a beautiful sight to see. But when you see other trees that are not bearing fruits, I mean, it's just like, like, come on, tree. <laughs> Do your job, right? So what? So let's, let's look at the verse. So go back to Galatians chapter 5. So, so what we need to do is help the person we're trying to help to get some spiritual fruit. We want them to do something. There, there ought to be something happening in their life that Jesus is doing and so that they're bearing some kind of fruit. Amen? Show, I want to see some fruit. Something. Show me something. Show me something so I can tell and know that you are get restored back with the Lord. All right? That's what he's saying here. Now let's look at that scripture again. Uh, Galatians 6, 7, and 8. He says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Verse 8. For he that sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Amen? And so what is he saying here? He's saying, look, you will reap what you sow. So in other words, if somebody is getting right with the Lord, we're going to see some spiritual fruit. And, 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 and vice versa is true. Someone who's sowing to the flesh, you get the fruit of the flesh too, don't you? And that's what he's saying. He's saying but, so we need to, we need to look for spiritual fruit. I want to see spiritual fruit in myself. Do you try to find spiritual fruit in yourself? 
you try to look and see if you're doing things for the Lord. I know I've talked to some people before, and, and um, for some people it's hard. And I'm like, like, why is it hard? I'm like, if you're if you are listening and hearing and, and trusting the Spirit of God in your life, it's not hard. It should be easy. I said, and the reason why it's hard, and, and this is the case, because you're not listening. You're not listening to God speak. You're, you're, you're quenching the spirit. You're quenching the spirit. That means you're putting a seal to him. You're, you're stopping him. I said, man, you got to not do that. When you are listening to the spirit of God, you're going to start seeing God do things and produce fruit in your life. Okay? So look for a spiritual fruit. Let's go to the next one. Now we're we looking for spiritual fruit. We ought to look for Spiritual faithfulness. There ought to be some faithfulness. He tells us that in verse number nine. He says, And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we would. Do not faint. Gotta be faithful, man. Gotta be faithful. Don't trust your feelings. Don't trust your emotions. Don't trust the circumstances. That, that doesn't mean nothing. Don't trust what you see with your eyes. Don't trust what you just, I mean, trust when when all fails, right? If God is not giving you clear evidence of something, you need to trust the word of God and the spirit of God 100 out of 100 times, okay? You need to trust the Lord and be faithful. Be faithful. I tell you guys, if, if, if we're faithful, we shall reap if we faint. Not I believe it's true. I believe that that God rewards. Man, God rewards the faithful. You know, a lot of us we're not we don't see the blessing and the reward is because we pulled out of being faithful to the Lord. Stop, we stop being faithful to the Lord, and so until yeah, we stop bearing the cross, we put it down, and so God's like. God's like, you be faithful, okay? Um, there's something to faithfulness that bears the cross. You got to keep doing it. Don't just bear your cross and be faithful when it's convenient. Do it all the time. All right, let's go on. So now he says there ought to be some spiritual accountability. There ought to be some spiritual fruit. There ought to be some spiritual faithfulness. And there's always spiritual opportunities. I love spiritual opportunities. God gives them all the time. You have them, I have them. They're always here. Opportunity to let the Lord work in your life to help somebody else out. Look what he says here in verse number 10 of Galatians 6. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Now he didn't say only do good to the household of faith, okay? But that, that, that's what people think that. Well, I'm only going to be good to the saved people. No, God said, be saved to all people. Amen. Show goodness to all people, the unsaved and the saved. You say, why? Because God told you to. God told you to. So why does God want me to do that? Because we do not know how God will use your life to bring someone else to Jesus. And it happens all the time. You know, part of discipleship, and uh, by the way, the books haven't came in yet, sister, so we're still waiting on these books. Hopefully, by, by Sunday, they'll be here. Um, 
But part of discipleship is not programs, it's people. It's not just let's do another program and let's get more programs and programs and programs. And we get so full of programs, we overlook and bypass who? The people. We're not really involving people's lives. You know, discipleship is, is the person you don't know, and I don't know, that your neighbor or that person that who's just your friend right now is the person you're going to be discipling two years from now. You don't know that because you are building a relationship with them and they're watching you and they're looking to you and you're being, you're showing the love of Christ and you're showing Christ likeness to them. Two years from now, they're going to need you and they're going to call on you because God's going to put on their heart and say, hey, remember that guy? You go to church, you got all that peace, you know Jesus. Hey, go talk to that person. You need to listen to what he says and then share Jesus with them. And all of a sudden, now two years later, that person was just your neighbor, not to come to church with you on Sunday. Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Just by being a friend. It's people, 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 people. So, so, so as he says here, he goes, look, he says, as you have, therefore. Now, remember, it's God giving you the opportunity. As God opens the door, as you have opportunity, do good to all men. Look for opportunities. Pray that God gives you someone to talk to. I love it when I get to go go to the store and I say, hey, man, I'm trying to make a conversation and start talking with me. I love that. What's your name? Jose. Tell me, man. Jose, what's going on, man? You go to church? Oh, night, night, man. You go to church. You got this church down the street here. Yeah, I need to go, man. Um, um, I want to go. All right, Jose. Man, well, I'll come check on you another time and see if you can come, man. And then just like that, someone who opened up, God's working on their hearts. God's dealing with them and brought you to them. It's not by accident. You think it's by accident. You think that 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 8 p.m., 9 p.m. craving for a double cheeseburger at McDonald's is by accident? God put that craving in there. So go talk to somebody at McDonald's. <laughs> I mean, those things happen. You think that, that that flat tire happened by accident? No, God put that flat tire to the front of that person. Tire shot by Jesus. Those things happen. A tree fell down my roof. I got to call a tree guy. You think that numbers for a tree company had by accident? No, talk to the man about Jesus. Share the gospel with him. These things happen. And if you have opportunity to do good, do good, okay? All right, so look for spiritual faithfulness, look for spiritual opportunities, and I like this one. Make, look for spiritually to make an impact. And I'm going to just stop there because I know our time, our time is up. And I want to keep going, but I encourage you to read these, okay? They're devotional. You say, what kind of spiritual impact is he talking about? I remember in verse 11, me before in Bible college hearing this, and, and, and I, when I remember reading this verse, I never really got to understand what verse 11 why, why did God put that in the Bible? <laughs> you know, we're always learning new things from the scriptures, amen? And we're always dig, always finding something meaningful, powerful that, that is right there hidden. Well, Paul, we knew, had a thorn in the flesh. And in storing the flesh, we see here that was was uh, uh, probably at the moment when he met Jesus, there was a bright, uh, 
Jesus revealed himself to him, blind him. There was partial blindness there. And so Paul, we believe, was partially blind, and I believe it was earlier, I think it was also in this passage in Galatians, where he even said that it, it, even if you felt led, you would have gave your own eyes. But here at the end of this book, he says something pretty remarkable. And now let's read it together. I want you to let's all read it together. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 11. He says, and, and, and look at the first three words. Ye see how, how large a letter I have written unto you with my own hand. Okay. What does that have to do with, with restoration? They have a lot to do with restoration. Paul had a, a, a vision impaired. And it was hard for him to even write. You see, some of the other letters was written by other men. But as he spoke, they wrote. But Paul cared a lot about this church that he wrote and when he wrote you knew he wrote because he wasn't perfect pretty little beauty letters he was like is that a r i don't know is that a k i mean he couldn't tell what it was so he wrote big so what is he saying what, what, what so what what is the truth that we can get out of this i i believe this is paul trying to make an impact by saying i love you i care about you i want you to follow god i want you to get things right with god i want you to listen to god and serve god i want you to follow my example and i'm going to lead by example that i'm going to write this letter by my own hand to show you how much i care and want you to take this very seriously and he's making a impact in their life. Paul has given them that example here. This, this is just, just like coming along somebody who's struggling. And you want to make sure they, they don't struggle. And you say, man, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure you get it. And you understand the gospel. And you know what it means to follow Jesus. And we're going to figure this out together. We're going to really hammer and, and hash out things together. And we're going to get this together. We're going to work this together so that, so that you and I can rejoice. And just live our lives on this earth for God with much joy until we get to heaven. And I'm, that's how much I'm, I'm willing to help you. I'm going to do everything. He could have someone else write the letter. He took the time to write the letter himself. Even in his weakness, even in his pain, even when he's hurting, even when he's at the bottom of the bottom, he still took time to do something for the glory of God. Amen? He made an impact. So look to make a spiritual impact for the Lord.